0: Hello and welcome to the Broadgate Social Podcast. The discussion in this series explore questions in information and security, accounting, finance and audits, governance, risk and compliance, and legal and financial crime. I'm your host today, Jacqueline Fritz, and I am a senior recruitment consultant at Broadgate working within our legal team in Dublin, Ireland. Today, I am sat down with my very esteemed colleague and fellow legal recruitment specialist, Akil, to gain an insight into the company's secretarial market, including what clients are looking for, and how you can make yourself stand out in an ever-changing environment. So, happy listening. So, Akil, how are things with you? All
1: good? Well, good. The market has really picked up since the beginning of the year. Company secretary is on fire at the moment, probably due to the annual general meetings coming up. All about yourself, Declan? How has the legal market in Dublin been?
0: Yeah, we're keeping busy, busy across both practice, and in height, I think a lot of candidates um, suspect that there's a bit of volatility in the market and whilst things are always constantly changing it's it's remaining very busy particularly in practice Um, and, and we'll get on to that in a moment especially in the, the support and in cosec space which is great to see Um, but yeah we're busy across in house and, and practice in ireland so long may it continue for the rest of the year but yeah so today okay we're just gonna i suppose uh, give the listeners a bit of an insight into the cosec market obviously you are a specialist that's your desk so do you want to maybe just to start off with just telling us how the market has been for the last quarter kill and and, yeah your kind of thoughts and considerations on the market in general for Cosex
1: yeah sure so since the the back end of last year the market has really picked up start of Q1 of 2023 the reason for that is again like I said annual general meetings are coming up teams need to ramp up in size to deal with the workload and I think just generally picking up since COVID a lot of work is starting to pick up for a lot of different firms a lot of people say with the economic downturns that we're facing globally that they're, they're not sure if, you know, they're going to be able to keep their role or if teams are going to grow. But everyone I've spoken to, especially hiring managers within the space, are saying that there's a bit too much work for their current team size and everyone's yeah. recruiting rampantly. There's a lot of roles coming out at the assistant level, that's all mid to senior level. And the reason for that is the hiring managers are looking for people to come on in to do minute-taking um, to help with statutory filings, you know, people with proven experience or diligent uh, software softwares as well. So yeah, I mean, it's really picked up, and for all of those candidates out there struggling at the moment to find a role, hopefully this podcast
0: will help them in their search moving forward. For sure, I'm sure it will. So based on that, then kill, and it's great to see that you're saying seeing a lot. Of kind of uptake and interest especially at the assistant code level and um, cosec level side but i'm sure across the the entire kind of cosec and governance industry we'll probably should start then by informing cosec in terms of what our clients are looking for do you think what are the main both kind of um, technical skills and soft skills that you know all the clients are asking you before you're submitting cosecs out to them for consideration um yeah so i think we could i mean apart from industries the way
1: you could break this down is into two major sectors so firstly it's they're either looking for someone who has in-house experience working in-house as a company secretary or someone who's got it across professional services so that just means the opposite of in-house working with clients and helping them with their company secretary needs the the in-house one is usually within financial services insurance you know helping make sure the company is compliant in accordance to governance rules and statutory legislation the one in professional services we've seen across the legal sector is people often have too much work to deal with for their clients. Um, so they are looking for people with proven client facing roles, because when you do make that switch from in-house to client facing, it is a different environment. So companies yeah. really do focus in on
0: the background of every candidate. Okay. Okay, perfect. And do you think in terms of um, some of the main kind of soft skills then, or um, you're know, taking the kind of background and industry out of it, do you say that there's some really key soft skills that candidates really need to kind of make evident on the CV um, or that you're saying that candidates should really focus on in terms of their preparation for interviews that you think that all Cosecs should, yeah, keep at the forefront of their mind when applying for the opportunities?
1: Yeah, definitely. One thing I always recommend the candidates that I work with is always going to detail in regards to your responsibilities. If you are doing minute taking, you know, show what extent you're doing minute taking. Was it just very simple? Was it long detailed minute taking? Because these are important things to hiring managers. Um, They have a specific caliber of candidate that they're after. And, you know, if your minute taking doesn't align, They'll find out at interview stage um, or later on in the job, and it could just be a complete waste of time for everyone on both sides. So always yeah. be kind of honest and go into a lot of detail in terms of your soft skills, whether it's the diligent softwares you've been using, the minute taking, um, the attention to detail you have. And if yeah. it's ha- within professional services, you know, feel free to talk about the portfolio of clients you handle, what industries they work, with, work in extent you work with them so if it's just purely minute taking make sure you let them know that if you're also helping with you know onboarding new entities for their clients let them know because these things are
0: really key when going into processes yeah, I think, I mean, a lot of people, obviously, there's basic requirements for any Cosec, you know, as you say, like doing the board minutes, you know, kind of attention to detail, being able to kind of engage with, you know, the board and, and kind of the, the stakeholders and really being like the backbone of a company, really, you know, all the C-suite would really kind of depend on the Cosec to be on top of everything, highly organized, you know, highly dependable, great time management skills. So all of those those skill set need to be really prevalent in the CV and I suppose questions around competencies, I'm guessing, are, You know those are the types of questions that would come up would you say in terms of like situational competency-based questions that interview yeah
1: so majority of the time interview first part is always going through your cv experience um you know industries you worked in what's your preference and work culture etc but then they always get more technical you know what types of minutes were you doing um when you were working with clients to what extent were you working with them how often were you meeting them um, if it's in-house, you know, what was the team, the size of the board that you are working with? How many yeah. how many subsidiaries were you handling within your portfolio? So there's yeah. always company-based questions because in this market, it is one about your character, but it is a lot about your skills. Um, yeah. Because two company secretaries are never the same. No one really has the same work. It all just
0: varies from on one level and one firm to another. Yeah, so you say it's probably fifty percent on your skill set and C V but fifty percent and kind of showing them what you can kinda do and talk about your skill set and your length that interview. Okay, brilliant. And you mentioned a great point there as well, not just kind of focusing on the kind of more, you know, generic, you know, cosec minimum based requirements. I think it is, you know, A going into detail as you say how many, you know, people were on the board, you know, the the kind of subsidiaries that you're working on, the industry of the subsidiaries that you were working on, you know, I suppose yeah, how many kind of board meetings you were kind of doing and, and, and things like that. I think that definitely goes a long way. So if the CV is quite detailed to that effect, then obviously the hiring manager can look at that and see how that marries up or mirrors, you know, what, what kind of their structure is like as it is internally. Yeah. But you made another great point, actually. It's it's more about kind of being able to kind of work with external kind of stakeholders and, and work with the clients as well. Um, so in your experience, kill, do you think, or has it shifted at all where clients are a bit more open to kind of, I suppose, appreciating, a broader variety of, of industries that maybe a candidate has come from or do you think that clients are still very kind of structured and ideally if they have more of a funds background then they'll only you know look at candidates that have a funds you know background or, or co- have co-sect within a fund sector or are they open to people who have maybe done you know co for the corporate advisory space or you know maybe more selected so like the wider financial services arena
1: um yes yeah, good question Declan. so hiring managers often say they want someone who's purely example funds based but that's not truly the case because they would not just be doing funds work they will often have yeah. you know dip their toes in the corporate section um also help with basic onboarding of entities so what they like to see someone has you know some sort of experience within those areas so when they do come across those factors in the role it's not you know it's not a flash. it's not something that they've never encountered before yeah i mean for candidates as well looking to switch from in-house to professional services they often find it harder because it's a completely different environment And hiring managers are aware of this because they've had, they probably have had candidates in the past that made that switch and just didn't quite hit the ground running. So it just depends on how long, you know, hiring managers have to get people up and running within the team. So
0: it varies from from case to case. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I suppose, yeah, the emphasis on kind of work culture, I think you've made a good point there. You know, it's a very different working environment. And I suppose day to day responsibilities and duties that would be expected, you know, jumping from in house to a professional services type organization or within practice. Um, and yes, what what might sit or kind of, you know, kind of marry up with the soft skills or the basic kind of characteristics of one COSEC might not kind of sit the other. So, yeah, I think and, and in that kind of case, when you're speaking to candidates in, in this market, it might be useful for our clients to know. Do you feel like there's more of a motivation or a draw for candidates to want to be working in the professional services sector or do you think they prefer to work? in-house for, for an actual company. Is there like a trend any trends or yeah thoughts around that? That's a good question, definitely. I would say it varies
1: from candidate to candidate. A lot of the market is more in-house based. Okay, because there's more positions available and there's more companies that have in-house teams. When you look at the professional services, if someone is, you know, predominantly based within professional services, they mm-hmm. they tend to stay in that area just because, you know, they're used to the culture. They like the way the work is, you know, always evolving and changing from client to client to different requirements every week. When it comes to the clients, they they often are open because, you know, yeah. it's a candidate short market. There's more jobs and there are um, top talented candidates available. So when you do find someone who has in-house experience, but managing a variety of different subsidiaries, let's say they're working for a blue chip company and their portfolio consists of 35 subsidiaries. It is quite transferable to professional services because with, yeah. they are within professional services they would look after you know anywhere from thirty to fifty clients mm. in their portfolio at a mid level. So yeah, talking to clients, you know, always be open. I I would always recommend having that initial conversation because you yeah. can get a lot more out of a conversation than just you know a basic CV. So yeah. I always push cl- clients to take that conversation. If that candidate is not a fit, it's not a fit. You know, you give it a try. Um, but yeah. you never know. It could be someone that could grow and really take your team to place that hasn't been before at the level that they're joining.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love that. I think just keeping it open in mind, it is a very tight market at the moment. I think, you know, if if a COSEC has, you know, and they have the basic requirements and, and kind of, you know, almost personal motivation and drive to want to work for a company or an interest in moving sector, but they have the basic requirements and can definitely, as you say, do the job with some guidance training. Equally as well, you don't want kind of a cosec coming in and being bored after six months. You know, you want yeah. to learn, develop and, and kind of that adds to their own kind of career progression as well from a candidate perspective. So yeah, that's a great point actually. Um I think just kind of touching on that, we've we've touched a lot on how I suppose, you know, COSECs should maybe update their C V or, or kind of going into that level of detail or, or kind of prove it interview, you know what what they can do and, and kind of keep keep that skill set quite transferable or and, and we've touched on how clients need to kind of take that into consideration. Um, it might be useful, though, Akil, if we kind of talk more so from a client perspective now. What else do you think clients, and this is general across the board, both in-house and, and in kind of practice or professional services, what do you think clients need to do to attract that top, you know, really experienced, say, like five years, qualified for SEC, ICSA qualification, you know, a really, you know, manager-level COSEC who's at the top of their their game. What do you think clients need to be doing um at a minimum level, but anything, you know, that maybe obviously without mentioning names, specific clients have done at a at a kind of maximum level to attract that, that really key and, and top tier talent?
1: Again, amazing question. I think at the minimum level is just make sure that, that you when you are looking for someone in like that network, you make it known. Um you advertise, you know, you reach out to anyone within your network, um, anyone within your company that may know someone, you know, introduce them to make referrals. That always gets the picture out there that, look, this company's hiring, uh, let's say, a deputy company secretary level, looking for someone such and such, then you'll get the people starting to roll in. I yeah. would say at a maximum level, it is very hard to come across those candidates because, again, they are currently working. Um, So they're not really, they're not looking. They're not looking. They're not sitting around looking at yeah. job boards, looking at what's available, especially at that senior level. They're often headhunted by recruiters such as yourself and I and, and, and other agencies out there within the market, um So if someone is really struggling, if they do the minimum and they get no return from it and they're struggling, you know, always reach out to specialists. I've seen a case, I was speaking to a candidate the other day who was offered, you know, a 30k lower than what she's worth. And just purely because the recruiter that she was dealing with had told her that that's probably what you'd get in this market. That's often the case, you know, you need to kind of know your worth, like I've said, before know your value and know your worth and always stick within your means don't try and just take any offer that comes on the table because you will get offers you know if you're if you're a good candidate you'll definitely get offers you know the market is always looking for excellent people companies are always looking to grow their teams um so sticking back to the client side of things you know reach out to specialists that can really help you sit down with a few dedicated recruiters not everyone because again recruiters are sort of a representation of your firm in the market yeah. they are feeding directly to candidates saying, you know, I'm representing this, such and such company. But if they come across in a, in a bad way, it's not going to get the candidate attracted and you'll yeah. lose out evidently and just kind of spread a bad word, which is not always a good thing. Um, It's quite hard to recover from. So yeah, sit down with your recruiters, have a very in-depth conversation about what you're looking for. So it's not just you're receiving candidates left, right, and center. None of them are kind of relevant. So sit down with a specialist ensure that you are going to complete detail exactly who you're looking for and then when that person does come up to the market be quick yeah. they're never on the market for too long we've I've worked some processes specifically that have closed in under 10 working days from you know CV sent to offer and then mm-hmm. the, the start date is set following notice period that does make the candidate understand that look this company is very interested in you they made the time to get the interviews done with quite mm-hmm. bu- busy people got the contract out to you. Um, you know these processes do tend to take long but when a candidate is on the market and available and you take too long they're going to go to one of your competitors that was able to act quicker
0: yeah love that some great points there i think if you a kuzak you definitely wants to be in a good package and, and knew your worth and appreciate your worth in the market <laughs> i think speaking first i'm a bit biased here but a kill definitely will will fight the quarter for you but yeah some great points there for clients as well i think some key takeaways there would be just to kind of sit with you know, your, your specialist recruiters in the market, you know, including yourself, someone who's actually, you know, got a core focus and, and a niche within, you know, Cosec and governance and has a, a database of candidates and is constantly, you know, speaking to candidates in that market and trying to obviously understand, you know, the the main kind of, I suppose, considerations, motivations, push-pull factors that candidates are looking both from a professional perspective, but also from a, a personal and motivation perspective. And then I think as well, you know, it's really, it sounds so simple, but yeah, really strong Job specifications, really clear detail and minimum benchmark requirements, you know, desirable soft skills and actually having briefing calls and and meetings, you know, with, with, you know, recruiters and and kind of mapping the market out and kind of confirming, you know, timeframes, especially it's a brilliant one. I think we're all seeing that across the industry and just kind of, you know, time to hire needs to be cut short, I think as well. I've actually had when I used to recruit in the Cosec space. Cosex by nature and in their job they're very organised people they're highly yes. organised <laughs> they're highly you know by the book you know they want things done they're all about time management they're all about process management they're all about being structured and if the process isn't structured and the, and the time management isn't evident in the process <laughs> there's no way a Cosex probably going to be comfortable with, with that because it doesn't look good as you say from, from a candidate perspective why would they join a company if the process isn't clear cut or it's taking too long so yeah that, that definitely makes sense do you think outside of, of that in terms of like attracting talent to apply for a job or, or how clients should kind of approach the market and how to get good CBs. Do you think from a benefits perspective, a kill or from, you know, a culture perspective, what are Cosex asking for now? You know, outside of salary, is there anything else that, you know, in, in your market, as I say, maybe that strong, you know, five-year... Mm-hmm. Um, experienced ICSA qualified co-tech is is really looking for outside of, you know, just the, the job requirements and, and the, the package in terms of salary?
1: Yeah, so quite a few of them, you know, like the flexibility piece, obviously that is within every industry following COVID. People get yeah. like to know that if on a Friday, um, if they wanted to work from home because they want to have, you know, a dinner with their family and go out, you know, it's a possibility. I think that mm-hmm. cutthroat environment of being at the office till 8, 9 p.m., you know, they, do, they just don't feel comfortable with it. They're more than happy to work those hours at home. Um, Yeah, I don't have to go in every single day. I think apart from that, the benefits package is quite important Um, because yeah. salary va- varies from one company to another. Health insurance is something that has been coming up a lot okay. with candidates. You know, are they covered with private medical health insurance? Away from the ICCA qualified candidates, those that are either part or just enrolled, they like to know that they'll get that study time available if they need it. And yeah. also, you know, financial support around being ICSA qualified. The benefit for that for clients is one, you're getting a candidate, you know, who is slightly cheaper just due to the fact that they're not ICSA qualified yet and you're helping them reach that point. And as soon as you do so, it's sort of an investment into your team. Um, yeah. Because you have someone who's now fully ICSA qualified and you were able to get them before the market did. So, you, mm-hmm. you know, you just keep them happy, keep them round. A lot of candidates do move roles just due to the fact that they're just not, they don't feel appreciated. So, you know, Include salary views, performance reviews, incentives. I was speaking to a candidate the other day that told me that, you know, she's been at a certain company for three years. Yeah, she's had, you know, salary reviews. Um, yeah, she's had, she has a good package in general, but she hasn't got an anniversary gift for either one of the years. And, yeah. you know, that's, it's, it's small things like this that can make someone look two ways. One, they'll get the work done, but the, you know, majority of the week is spent in that office speaking to their team. So you know, it's kind of like your second family in a sense. So you know, always treat treat those that do well for you, for your company,
0: your team. Always treat them with respect and show them that they're valued in that sense. Yeah, brilliant. That's some really great points, both from a package perspective, um, and and very interesting on the healthcare piece because again, we're seeing that actually in um on the the qualified legal side as well. You know, not just kind of having um healthcare, but also kind of dental care, and not just for the actual employee, but also for you know dependents as well or or spouses. Um, and equally you know maybe trying to get healthcare um, not just when some of the past probation or approved you know six months of work but from day one i think that that goes a long way as well and definitely since covid um you know the, the wider package consideration have really come into the fore of candidates minds when considering an offer and a lot more candidates now aren't just you know exclusively motivated by what the minimum salary bent you know packages it's more so sort of, you say the additional benefits and other cultural considerations that do definitely go a yeah. long way given how competitive it is so yeah, you make some you make some great points there. Um, but before we kind of wrap up, a kill and I thank you again for for all your insight. I'm sure that both from a client and candidate perspective, this has been really you know useful and and informative and insightful. Really, just to kind of give them some understanding on a how they should attract co-sex, but b what co-sex need to do to make sure that they're attracted. <laughs> um, is there any final kind of tips or advice that you would give? You know, or any kind of final guidance into the the market just before we kind of wrap up? I suppose just broadly speaking, I mean. Based on, on what we said, maybe some kind of final final comments um, would be would be good. Yeah, I mean, I could sit here for hours, Declan, and talk to you about the market. You know, just
1: being in the course of market day in, day out, you learn a lot from speaking to candidates and market research. The one tip I'd give to clients is dedicate yourself to a specialist. Um, let a specialist help you build out your team any knowledge you need you know just due to the nature of relationship with that specialist i'm sure you'll be able to attain that information and then again you just gain the best of the best before the rest of the market does on the candid side of things you know network with specialist recruiters because they will know when you know the jobs that are not on the market are actually on the market before they come available be specific with what you're looking for don't just put yourself in every single process out there. You're going to lose track of who you're talking to. You're not going to seem as credible at interview stage, and it's just not going to get you anywhere. I've seen it take candidate I've seen that happen to candidates, and they've lost out on offers that could have accelerated their careers further than they could have had them. Um, so, yeah, on the client side of things, dedicate yourself to a couple of specialists, if not one, and on the candidate side of things, just be aware
0: of what you're looking for and stick to it. Brilliant. Some brilliant tips there, Kim. Well I'm right well done i'm sure yeah if any co wants to get in in touch with the kill, both either on the, the practice or on the industry side they, they'd uh they'd be silly not to you know if any clients want to get in touch and see how we can help obviously across um you know the, the board and across different practice areas um and, and industry sectors we'd, we'd be happy to do so so look, thank you so much for your time akil i really appreciate it and yeah I'm hopefully that everyone who listens find this this podcast informative and insightful Um so look thank you so much for listening to this um Series and this part of the Broadgate Social Podcast on the episode on the Cosec market for Q1 2023. If you would like to discuss strategies on how you can build diverse teams or you are interested in having a conversation regarding the current job market, please do reach out to myself, Akil, or the wider Broadgate team. And you can visit our website to understand more at www.broadgatesearchstaffing.com. Until next time, stay connected and we'll speak to you soon. Cheers, Akil. Thank you.